At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Editing Imp with a bit of a cold open, just declaring that this show was recorded on Wednesday before any of the news came out. So this show will be like a, a little escape for 30 minutes if you want to just listen to a chippy British fella talking about being excited for a wrestling, silly wrestling pay-per-view, then this 30 minutes will be a little break from that. I, I came close to maybe getting rid of the whole thing, but instead of getting rid of it and doing like a deep dive or anything, I've decided to just edit it as it is and give you 30 minutes of Chipper Meag talking about what happened like last week in terms of the wrestling and stuff. Instead of talking about it at like the start of the show, I happened to be out yesterday. So I didn't have the time to start reading the thing until 10, 30, 11 last night. So I've just not had the time to go through the lawsuit and I don't want to jump to saying incorrect things because I haven't read the whole thing yet. And it's generally, it's, obviously it's horrifying, depraved, it's a very, very difficult read, but I want to take my time with it and get it correct. I don't want to rush out a take or a statement on something this serious. So instead, I've just put this little statement here at the start, and I'll leave the show as it was. Hopefully, this will be like a 30-minute just distraction, just for you, just for this next little while. Anyway, enjoy the next 30 minutes of silly British me. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, that's 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 goodbye from editing me. Right, goodbye. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Imp's WWE Adventures podcast on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and this is your quick look back at the WWE week that was thirty minutes. After that, I'm getting you, mother, young man. That PlayStation is not turned off, but time she gets here, oh, you're in big trouble. You're in big trouble. You can help the podcast out by giving a five-star review. You can also give a donation directly through Red Circle and become one of the amazing community by joining the Social Suplex Discord. Link is in the description. And listen to the other top-notch shows here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network as well. One Nation Radio with Rich and James, Keeping It Strong Style, All Things Elite, Wrestling Art with Chris Things, with Chris Things, Tunnel Talk, and Trish and Sarah. And what a week it was. Smackers and Raw rolling onto the Rumble. And something... Which is possible... You know what? Let's not talk about NXT at all. Let's instead start with this story. <laughs> WWE and Netflix deal is way bigger than anything that I could talk about with NXT. <laughs> Let's jump straight into it. The WWE Netflix deal. Let's just do a deep dive into it. Let's not muck about. From January 2025, $5 billion over 10 years. That's more than Disney paid for Star Wars. Well, if you count inflation, I think that deal would now equate to about $6 billion. Disney paid $4.5 billion back in 2012. And for comparison, Disney paid $3.96 billion in 2009 for Marvel. This is a huge shift in the TV to streaming landscape. A staple of US cable for over 30 years. Was it 93 Raw started? Now making the jump to a streaming platform. I think later on I have got some stats to do with how Raw is actually doing for the USA network as well. Like for Comcast with their deal. So in terms of that current deal, WWE were apparently looking for $300 million per year up from the current $265 million deal with Comcast. This deal would work out at about $500 million per year, 
which is definitely in line with what they wanted. And also the fact that Netflix also get international streaming rights from this too. Like outside the US, Netflix subscribers will get Raw, SmackDown, NXT, premium live events, the whole shebang. Brandon Thurston of eVassonomics highlighted that the deal includes a clause allowing Netflix to assess the deal in five years. They can also choose to extend the deal by another 10 years at that point. This deal could end up lasting anywhere for between those five to 30 years. Good God. <laughs> Netflix, obviously, part of the joke is that they cancel shows after like two or three years. It's like, this is a big commitment. Like, even that five years feels like a commitment for, for the way Netflix have been doing business. Because this goes both ways. Netflix also wants to get into live streaming content this past year, doing their special with, oh, which comedian was it? Shall I say Chris Rock? I, did, I didn't watch it. I don't watch American stand-up comedy because I'm not American. And so they're live streaming that, so they've been testing out the technology. And they also want to implement their advertising stuff as well. With three shows a week, this deal would significantly expand the, new, the use of that technology. So it's a huge win for Netflix in terms of that jump as well. Mark Shapiro, who, just in case you don't know, is the TKO president and CEO. He called the deal transformative, because obviously he does, selling it to the investors, saying that this fundamentally alters and strengthens the media landscape, dramatically expands the reach of WWE, and brings weekly live appointment viewing to Netflix, which is the, like a key selling point to Netflix. He wants to go into that, despite the fact that, but just this past year, the CEO of Netflix said that they weren't going to get into live streaming sports. They were happy doing what they were doing, where they were making dramas and documentaries about the things that happened in sports, like the people and doing the documentary-style stuff. Here we are, first month of the next year. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> Immediate shift. But Shapiro's right. Like the rate, With this, the ratings talk is officially dead once this kicks in. Like Raw is currently the number one show on the USA Network, bringing in 17.5 million unique viewers per year. But Netflix has over 247 million subscribers in over 190 countries. Like, it's not the talk that's dead. It's the whole conversation. The room doesn't even exist. <laughs> it's just skeletons on Twitter arguing over nothing, like an old voice recording of times gone by picked from eroding remains in a video game. <laughs> I've been playing Horizon Zero Dawn recently. Like, it, this shifts things so massively. It's insane. Like, Shapiro also saying that this will be a monster impact player for their AVOD which is platform, which is, like, the business world, what is the name for Netflix's advertising platform. Their Netflix's ad-supported streaming service, as it's being called in their spaces, but it's just them putting ads into Netflix in it. <laughs> you can fancy business talk here, it's like it's ads in it. But this is a great avenue for them to do that. And there was also confirmation as well that under the current, because Nick Khan was talking a lot more about it uh, over the past day, the current model would see, for the people outside of America especially, there would be no advertising and advertisement breaks. It would be a lot like watching AEW on Fight, currently it's for us over here, where instead of getting advertisements, we just get the show to continue. We get to see what the live crowd would see. But we also get some of the best banter between the commentators because, you know, it's just a little bit for us and them. Like, they're not on live TV anymore. You'd have a bit of banter, a bit of tin wag, a bit of a quick wah-wah with the special audience. We get to see the real you. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that in-depth. <laughs> But also in terms of the status of Raw staying on a Monday, given that that's like the staple TV viewing thing, but not being on TV, does that stuff need to stay fixed as it is? Apparently, the current plan was that they are going to stick with Monday Night Raw being Monday Night Raw. However, he worded it as there's still 10.5 months left on this, so things can still change. And, oh, this is huge. <laughs> I feel like including the quotes from the people actually involved, obviously Mark Shapiro selling it, but they're important in just to, in terms of the overall impact that this is going to have. Such a staple of American television making this jump. Because it just completely shifts the kind of market. Like USA Networks, take, it, take out the fact that it's wrestling. USA Network's biggest show has completely left their station to go to streaming and will do so next year. 
Like, that's huge. That's, that's massive. Yeah, they get SmackDown. <laughs> they get one with place, and they still get a show. But still, such a staple of US television, making the permanent jump to streaming. It's good for WWE to the numbers that they're getting. They're getting exactly what they want. They get a much bigger outreach. I feel like that's the other part as well. Is you're still seeing the odd comment talking about little wars or whatever to do with their TV and things. And I'm just like, this kills it. It's dead now. That conversation, now, it was, it was, all, it was outdated already. But now... It's officially... <laughs> that's why I used the metaphor I did. This is officially dead. It completely changes the game. It's such a big, huge outreach. Because I, I dipped into a, this conversation a little bit when a, a British staple in Doctor Who is for America is being streamed on Disney+. Plus, Which, it also means that it's all the other countries that also get it. Because that's the thing as well. I'm looking at it as a British person going, oh, that would be nice. But no, no. Netflix get the international deals. They're in a, over 190 countries. Jumping up from the audience that USA Network has to over 247 million subscribers. We won't ever see the numbers that WWE does from January next year. So enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy this last year of raw numbers whilst you can. It's such a game changer. that That's why I was saying, no, it's not that the conversation's dead. The room doesn't even exist anymore. It's gone. It's dead. It's blown to pieces. It doesn't exist. And this is good for the other, the whole wrestling landscape. Because if WWE can get this business, then suddenly you see the other streaming services also wanting their own ability to do that. And then that goes outside of the WWE as well. Who else is able to offer routine appointment viewing like this? And then they will also benefit. That's why I call it like a, a landscape shift. That's why I quoted those Shapiro words specifically. It's a long time away. We've got a full year until this actually kicks in. It feels like an absolutely huge deal, which will change the landscape. Especially for us over here. It means I don't have to pay an additional like 25 quid for BT Sport. <laughs> it's just huge. <laughs> anyway, there was also quite a lot that happened on these shows. I normally go through in order, but I'm instead going to go through the order of importance. With Mother Night Raw, there's so much to talk about, and we've got the Royal Rumble coming up. So Smackdown, you'll be like a last-minute talk about for whatever there is, because there's still Peter. <laughs> Peter's showing up. I've got all Peter done. Let's jump over to Modern Night Raw and talk about CM Punk, Cody Rhodes, and the Royal Rumble. It's getting a little hot in here. You're more CM Punk than I am? Well, allow me to give you the full Road to WrestleMania CM Punk experience. See, Cody Rhodes, you have carried this company on your back for a soul-crushing two years. And you're right around the corner, and they hand you the cover of the WWE 2K video game. Congratulations, by the way. It's on sale pretty soon, I'm sure. And right when you're about to cross the finish line and finish your story. Oh, wait! What's that in the distance? It's a much bigger superstar that hasn't been around in a very long time coming to take it all away from you so so good <laughs> another amazing promo duel on raw let's pay it justice let's go through it break open this tasty tree and dine on the fine meat is it going to be any time for smackdown who knows <laughs> no room in the promo though for roads to wax lyrical as he came out, looks like he's about to say something, CM Punk's music immediately hits, almost like we're entering a genuine contest. It kind of gave that feel of almost like a matchup where one theme ends, immediately the next guy comes out. There were notes across this one like more of little production things, and this felt like one of them, just to create a vibe of contest. A nice switch up with Cody asking Punk directly, what do you want to talk about? And that led us into building really nicely, just building up their history, like long-term friends since OVW, 
Uh, the link being uh, Cody Rhodes asking CM Punk if he could keep an eye on his kid. Really strongly playing off of the idea that there are no friends in the Rumble. Cody calling himself a, a Nepo hire with no experience. Punk, the guy who fought and clawed to prove himself. A great line from Punk is he plays off of Cody saying, I didn't have the famous father. My dad was an electrician. Which makes me makes this kind of ironic because that makes me the bigger American dream than you ever were. <laughs> Just the crumbly action was like, oh shit. <laughs> As the gloss kind of come off a little bit. A really natural escalation from the friendly beginning. Just This is almost like a lesson in how to just build up that escalation and just have triggering points for each guy. So then it jumps very, very naturally jumps to that next escalation point where we get to the ending of the promo where the button heads. Cody then bringing up the infamous pipe bomb. Right, now the gloves are starting to come off. Saying that he picked up the torch that Punk simply dropped on his way out. CM Punk talked about all of these things in that pipe bomb promo, but instead of doing any of it, he just, he left. And he didn't pass on the torch, he just dropped it. And Cody Rhodes, he's the guy who took responsibility and he picked up that torch and he did everything that CM Punk talked about in that promo. Which is a much better way than just saying, oh, we're both in AW, weren't we? (laughs) Just to talk about the whole history of what happened when they left the promotion. Cody just saying that he did all of those things that CM Punk talked about. He went to Ring of Honor. He went to New Japan for wrestling. He did all of that stuff. He wrestled with Colt Cabana. (laughs) He did all of those things. CM Punk then using that. I've got to say, the best part about that is Cody talking about doing all that stuff. He then played off of CM Punk by saying, and that makes me more CM Punk than you. <laughs> so neatly tied together. Really, 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 really well-constructed uh, bouncing off of each other and escalation. But yeah, that's the best thing with Cody. This is what I kind of want in my WWE style of promo. There's an air to it which feels like Cody's being emotional. But just knowing that it's all constructed in a way for a reason to generate a certain response. And for me, I personally get a lot out of that. And seeing it play off to perfection like it did here... Just beat for beat, Cody is the guy. Just with them playing off each other as well as like the visual. Cody Rhodes in his full suit, the whole conversation staying pretty calm and together for the whole time. While CM Punk, he's the one that kind of gets a bit more red-faced when he's there in his casuals. He's the one that doesn't remain quite as calm as the game starts to get a little bit more heated. Both guys are escalating. Both guys are responding to what the other guy did. And like neither guy is being like genuinely being somebody to put the water on this thing. Both guys are escalating it. But the visual difference between the two is just a really nice bouncing off of Echo off each other as well. Like, it's all purposeful. It all feeds into their characters. This is not CM Punk the guy. This is a great performance from both guys. It's like, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with my promos being constructed like this because they're purposely designed to get those emotions out of me and just seeing it work to perfection here. CM Punk then, with a really nice echo of what happened to him 10 years ago, two years of carrying the company on your back, the front cover of that year's 2K game, because back then in 2K13, CM Punk was the front cover. Right now, Cody Rhodes is the front cover of the 2K24 game. On the road to finishing your story on the grand stage, when, oh, no, wait, here's a much bigger star than you who hasn't been around in a very long time. It happened to CM Punk with The Rock. It's happening to Cody Rhodes right now with The Rock. Obviously, there's also the other echo of it happened to Daniel Bryan with Batista. Uh, but, you know, Daniel Bryan actually got to finish his story. <laughs> God, God. Uh, hitting the head-to-head boiling point both men know that to get what they want they will have to go through each other which they, they loops all the way back to what we were talking about at the start the fact that they were friends 
the way that their relationship started and the way that it kind of blossomed into what it was. But in this moment, you see both guys become very aware of what they have got to do. They were saying it, they were saying it verbally in what they were talking about. But here, visually, you saw both guys really understand what those words meant. That to actually win the Royal Rumble, where there are no friends, they will have to go through each other. An incredible setup for the uh, two Rumble favourites. What the past few weeks of promo battles have all been building up to as well, with our little starting off with Seth and CM Punk all that time ago. We've had a little duel between two of the kind of Rumble people every single week. I would say almost including this week. Do I even just jump straight into Seth Walter just before I go into the Royal Rumble stuff? So Seth was addressing his title vein future. Uh, old knee-strap knee Neil obbling out with his banged-up leg. <laughs> old Setherton playing up the reality that he might probably be out for a bit. Being entirely open about how he hurt his knee on the moonsault in his match with Jinder. Will Seth miss WrestleMania? Well, he lets us know he'll be out for about three to four months. Only to have the longest-reigning IC champion of all time, Gunter, come out and feed on the blood. What a perfect natural elevation this would be. As soon as I saw this, I was like, wait, wait a second. Is is Cody's story not ending? Oh, because <laughs> so I saw this. Uh, for me, this is more than like them. Uh, I've swung the other way since watching this, uh, where there was all the different reports coming out. Like, no, no, Cody's not finishing his story. I, mean, what the, I want to say that Sports Illustrated was the source. No, was it VesselOps I saw it on? I was talking on WrestleOps Twitter account, so whatever their source is for the story, where they were talking about that like, Cody Rhodes isn't finishing the story, CM Punk isn't winning either, they're going to be facing each other, and it's going to be Gunter Seth. And I, immediately I was just like, well, that's playing off of what they set up on this Raw. They've been purposefully setting up all the different worlds on the past Raws, but specifically that report is playing off of what they set up on this Raw. This Raw set up Seth versus Gunter. Obviously, it was doing Cody and Punk within the realms of the Royal Rumble. And this was also Walters declaring, like, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble to go for you, Seth. I'm going to get your knee. But they did such a good job that I'm just like, I won't be against it. <laughs> and obviously, it falls into that, yes, it's the LOL, Cody's never finishing his story. But it's all through the question of... Because I, I came really close to writing this column. Now, I'm really happy I didn't because I would have written it before watching this Raw. <laughs> Which is just like, completely changed everything. Does Cody need to finish his story if he gets a match as big as CM Punk? When, for me, the question more is, are Cody and CM Punk that good that they convince us that their match is as important as Cody finishing his story would have been? <laughs> if, and if you're going to put that weight on two people, to convince us of that fact, I feel like Cody Rhodes and CM Punk, in their current iterations... I feel like they're your guys. Any other, like any other pairing, almost. And even if they attempted this, like not under the Triple H realm, where you didn't have that trust, because that's the other thing as well. The viewers, the viewers are on mass very happy. If we instead get the Rock versus Roman, and we get Seth versus Walter, <laughs> and we get Cody versus CM Punk, is that enough to replace the two years of investment at that point in the Cody Rose character finishing his story? When last year it started to become a bit of a meme, what happens if he doesn't win? <laughs> like, does he actually need to finish this story, or will you be able to make it work with CM Punk and Cody Rhodes cancelling each other out, or Walter coming in and taking that win, or The Rock coming back and taking the win? There's all these different avenues you can go down. 
me personally, my column idea was to more take it on. Well, you can do, you can set up Cody's finishing his story a different way. The main point is he finishes the story. However, now there are different pieces that different ideas and routes have been suggested. And the reason that I, pop, I wasn't properly jumping on of the uh, Vessel Ops report, I also can't remember what their source was. I couldn't even remember that they were my source to begin with. But the reason I wasn't jumping off of that was because everything in that was bouncing off of this Monday Night Raw specifically. And part of me thinks there is no way in hell that everything set up on this one show will then just happen. <laughs> they, won't just use, they won't just immediately go into Seth vs. Walter and CM Punk Cody when that was all set up on this one show. When on all the other shows, they set up loads of different worlds. Surely they're not just going to go, Becky beat, uh, win the Mumble facing Ripley, and then you've got your other matches also set up with Seth and Walter, Cody and Punk. Like, surely this this show was used as a diversion to convince you of more possible worlds so that you're even more in the dark. Like, personally, I thought this did an absolutely amazing job of last minute suddenly making Walter a favourite. Gunter, he's the champion we can all look up to, putting the idea in our heads that Seth's difficult spot as the workhorse champion has something to do with the wear and tear his body is now falling apart under. The Austrian, brutally honest about his intentions, the first time we've seen him properly enter the group chat, joining the rumble circle of lads and promising to choose Seth, promising to target his injured knee. It's like, ah, oh, yes. <laughs> so well done. Suddenly, because this isn't about convincing me that Walter's going to do all of that stuff. It's convincing me, suddenly, last second, he could be a potential winner. Personally, this was all done just to pull you away from the fact that Cody's winning and finishing the story. This is just to last second just create that illusion the Vessel Ops report just fed into that too neatly, <laughs> which is why I didn't. Go look for it on Twitter yourself. I feel like I've given enough keywords to be able to find it. <laughs> I don't think I liked it. I don't think I retweeted it. <laughs> I think I just saw it from them as well, which helps I don't know who else retweeted it. <laughs> Great journalism. <laughs> Good thing I'm not a journalist. Don't, don't treat me like a journalist. <laughs> Guys, please, please don't. Be responsible with your sources. <laughs> but yeah, it was. this was another, this was another segment that did a fantastic job of setting up the Rumble. Because that's all it was. And that's all this show was, was convincing you of the worlds. Like, right at the end, right before the show, the week of the show, let's just convince you of all the possible worlds we want to be in your head as we go into the Rumble. We want you to think that CM Punk might win to face Seth. We want you to think that Walter might win to face Seth. That Drew might win. That Cody will win to face Roman. That The Rock is in the background bubble where I don't... The main reason I don't feel like The Rock is going to win the Rumble is because they've simply set up too many worlds that aren't around The Rock that they've got to pick one of them. <laughs> they have to pick one of those worlds. And now with the Netflix deal suddenly announced, do you even hold off to do that Rock story when they're under the Netflix umbrella? Uh, personally, for me, this is already a year too late. <laughs> or not, not too late, cause it's still going to be white hot. It's a year after the date which narratively would have made the most sense in WWE's world. So it's a little bit jumbled and they have to get stuff sorted out. But this is the year to do the Roman match. You don't delay Rock again. <laughs> you simply don't. Even if it's under the Netflix banner next time, you still don't do it. You can get Rock on the card. He's the head of the board of the TKO group now. The dynamics aren't the same <laughs> that we know we were before. Like this is an absolute... This, yeah, they've done a, such a good job of setting this up. The Rock is absolutely not needed. They need to pick one of the options that they have set. And for me, I would say... That is the only use of the word need which is within this context because any world they've set up seems incredibly interesting. 
<laughs> the guy who loses out of it is uh, Drew McIntyre. And I guess, in a way, Damian Priest. He doesn't fit in at all. For me, I wouldn't be against them having Damian Priest hold onto that briefcase right up, like, give him the record for the longest amount of time held, and I'd still have him win. But this convinced me of the Walter world. Whilst the previous promos convinced me it would be either Cody and Seth, and they've done such a good job of miraging which guy it will be. And then the Walter situ- uh, promo d- earlier on in the night also did a great job of just throwing him in there. It's like, oh, I'd love to see Walter just batter Seth Rollins. <laughs> I am all in for that idea. Those two segments for me were the only real two worth talking about, and it the card were dead after Cody and CM Punk did their promo. Like for their Drew McIntyre Freedom Priest main event, they had like no energy and it felt so bad for them. <laughs> also, I want us to note loads of new production ideas across the show. Like how nice it was to watch a brawl that wasn't cutting every second to try and convey the chaos and mayhem. Just let New Day and Imperium's little tiff speak for itself. With like one of the shots awesomely showing the sea of the crowd around them with them framed bottom left, so you've got the sea of the crowd to the filling out, not just the right side, but the centre of the screen, and it kind of curves around the top left as well. Really well framed. Also, with only showing the tables that they were going to go through, right when it was time, from a low angle, looking up to wherever, that was the only shot of the tables we got until they crashed into them. Not groundbreaking stuff, but the segment for that fight actually felt thought through. If there's one thing from the Kevin Dunn era which is that a lot of the things that they were filming, it didn't feel like it was thought through. And maybe that was partly by design. They wanted it to feel like this live show where chaos where anything could happen. Or maybe it was just the fact that they were cutting so quickly that you're not really able to tell any stories other than, there's chaos happening. Oh, oh, chaos. Oh, the camera's cutting so quickly just to convey how much action and chaos there is and the commentators were filling what's happening with the action. I don't know. Like, if you frame it properly, you can aid the story. And that's how they filmed this fight <laughs> with New Daily Imperium. That's how you use the cinematography to actually tell the story in tow with what the action is telling. That was my main critique of Kevin Dunn. <laughs> that I understand why he was doing what he was doing, but what he was doing wasn't always in tow with the action that was ahead of us. Just, if you're cutting 20 times, but the action is just a guy walloping somebody on the chair in the back in the middle of the ring... You don't need to do that because he is not those. Neither of those two characters are moving like that. <laughs> the way it does make sense in like an eight-man brawl where you, each guy's doing a huge like jump over the top rope and landing on the other guys, and he cuts to the other side, and that guy's doing it. That's when you convey chaos because chaos is actually happening. <laughs> when chaos isn't happening, <laughs> uh, you have to use it correctly, and they just use it because that was the tactic. That's how you do this thing. This era immediately. My nerd brain started clicking and ticking. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, I loved how they filmed this. Oh. And, and that's the end of Night Raw. And again, I'm going to have to go through SmackDown so quickly to stick to my, you get it 30 minutes and that's it. <laughs> so let's talk about, let's jump, let's jump to SmackDown, talk about Roman, talk about that segment. Oh, I'm talk, and let's end on Peter. <laughs> let's end on Peter. I'm choosing what to cut out. <laughs> like live here. Anyway, with, that, uh, with a really strong Rumble set up on Raw, Let's jump over to Smackdown. A familiar sight and a tribal chief poised for battle. Stalking Orton and ready to pounce. Reigns. RKO! RKO! Smackdown. A lot more happened this week, but I don't have time. Roman. (laughs) Roman's back and he's not a happy chappy. Uh, No worry. Solo's the fixer. Solo's the fixer. Solo is the fixer. 
Uh, contract signing time to open the show, mixing it up by the lads coming out and just immediately signing the damn thing. Like, what is this? The British aren't usually this efficient. <laughs> Nick Aldis, <laughs> having none of Heyman slash Roman's power play, refusing to sign the contract. But never mind. No, but never mind Aldis. Orton's there to grab the wise man's tie and just tell him what's what. Amongst the threat from Nick Aldis, which is like, oh, we'll just make it for the title without Roman then. Like, you're obviously not going to let Roman just lose his title after all of this time, right? Uh, That's enough to get him to sign. Uh, Styles and Knight with a wee disagreement, setting up their little match later in the show. The lads, not exactly up for an honourable match. Both heated up for a fight. They had like a little DQ after five minutes, thanks to Solo the Fixer. uh, Samoan spiking both men. He's the fixer. He fixes things. Uh, Orton vs. Solo, the main event. That's a little reference to anybody who watched The Fixer on ITV a decade ago. <laughs> uh, was, the dad from Broadchurch was the main character and he fixed things. Uh, anyway, Orton vs. Solo, the main event. Uh, Beefsteak, that's really undersold the show. <laughs> but I was just like, move on, you don't have time. And I was like, oh, but I've talked about The Fixer. I need to at least explain The Fixer a little bit better. <laughs> it's almost like he's doing, he's doing like secret operations for somebody. Like he's, that, he's not a fixer in the sense of DIY. He's a fixer in the sense, in the sense of like dead bodies and shit. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember liking that show. Yeah, Now I can move on. <laughs> Autumn versus Solo, the main event. Beef, a steak, Sokoa, he fixes things. Against Vandy's sizzling momentum, and Knight and Styles evening the numbers odds, but the three of them being in full understanding is every man for themselves. After taking out Solo, Ran and Jimmy, and Vandy's feeling Oprah again. RKO for everyone. RKO for Knight, RKO for AJ, and even RKO for Roman after he Superman punched the man, signed the contract, chucking it on the floor like a dickhead, and his spear was counted into Vandy Orton's special cutter. Had to just with the commentators hammering home, is this what we're going to see at the Royal Rumble? Nope, because Roman's going to win, but this will at least be a fast-paced, exciting match. Like, I don't know how Roman does his slowing the pace down, chatting shit in a four-way. I mean, the answer is you just have guys down on the outside and you do the boring tactic of having two active people in the ring. But that's boring. You've got AJ Styles, he can fly in. You've got Randy Orton, who's like a king counter. <laughs> you've got LA Knight, who's the, I guess, entertainment energy. And you've got the big powerhouse in Roman. Like, there's a lot you can do uh, to play with here. I'd be, I'd be quite disappointed if this turns into the rhythm of two in, two out. It's like, ah. Uh, even if it's quick paced and it, you swing that momentum with a counter to the next two. It's like, uh, there's so much more you can do with this. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, that's that. It's just setting it up. Uh, the only question is, is The Rock turning up at the Rumble to set up his match with Roman? And for me, that is almost answered with the card positioning. If this is the final match on the card, I feel like there's a chance The Rock sh- shows up and just sets up that match. Especially as the fact that there is no Roman at the Elimination Chamber. Like, it kind of makes sense that, well, if you can't set it up at the Chamber, why not set it up here rather than on a Raw, Raw, Raw or Smackers or whatever? And, uh, yeah, I feel like, but if he's on first, that either means that The Rock isn't showing up immediately, or, or if he's like before the Rumble, it either means it's not, he's not showing up immediately, or it means they've purposely placed it down in the card so you think he's not showing up. Ah, big brain play. <laughs> they either know that we're expecting him to show up, so we put it on earlier, so we think that he's not showing up, because why would he show up on the first match? But that's why he does show up. Because <laughs> we're not expecting him to show up, because it's the first match. Why would he appear after the first match? It's the first match. He appears at the main event. He's a rock. Ah, but that's why he does appear. <laughs> Mind games. Um, and also, quickly talk about Peter. Uh, pretty, pretty Deadly, Tyler Bate, and Peter, Pete Dunn, 
Butch is dead. The bruiserweight rises. Amazing what a coffee cake date can achieve. And a coffee cake. Let's not be... No, let's not leave that out. That's all I've got. <laughs> I hate that I put the start. <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to talk about Peter. I like, no, no, yeah, yeah. I'm happy that the, the, that the Butch is dead and the bruiserweight is alive. That gets me happy. <laughs> and with that... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that is where I'm going to leave it in this completely out of order show ahead of the Rumble. Uh, I'll just make a while. This is the first time where I'm in a room to really make a prediction for a show since I joined the network because I joined after everything, really. <laughs> it's just been like a nice little bubble in November into December when nothing's really been here for me to make big predictions about. But, oh, do I believe the Vessel Ops report? After all of that shit I talked about earlier, do I believe that report and just go with Gunter? <laughs> and just be like, it causes the most chaos, and go with Gunter versus Seth. Or is it all just fluff? And the entire point of this role was to convince me of the other worlds, it's Cody. Let's go with that. Stick with Cody. <laughs> oh no, because they're doing The Rock. Shida, they can't do Cody. Because <laughs> they're doing The Rock. It, it flat out cannot happen. No, let's be boringly logistical. Gunter. Swing back again. Because I'm not going with CM Punk. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, they set up Seth CM Punk as well. What? If Cody is not going after Roman, because The Rock is going after Roman, then in terms of slotting pieces into places, CM Punk needs a big match. And if Cody can't be in the match with The Rock and Roman, that means Cody has to be in a match with CM Punk. Because CM Punk can't then go to face Seth. Because who does Cody face? <laughs> oh, there's so many little... Suddenly when it all slots together... Because Cody can't, Cody could win the Rumble, but then he can't have the Roman match because it's Rocky Roman. Unless they delay Rocky Roman again for the Netflix era, which feels like a bit much. <laughs> but then he could do Rocky Roman not for the belt. And the, yeah, it's just on that huge level of that's something else as well. Oh, oh, complete change of mind. It's meant to be like an easy sign-off segment. <laughs> what have you done? Oh, what have you done? Yeah. You know what? That'll be my prediction. I've said I've said my piece. <laughs> there is no concrete thing to, to quote. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what I love about this rumble. There's so many different worlds playing off of it. The most logical at the moment is suddenly screaming Gunter, just because of all the other pieces falling into place. But if they don't do Rock Roman at this WrestleMania, they do it for the Netflix era, then you can have Cody win the rumble. And all the other stuff was just fluff to, conv- to do a really good job of trying to convince you of the other worlds. Yeah. Let's not be tricked. <laughs> Uh, uh, but what, what's, what's better than being uh, convinced and invested in the world of the uh, entertainment telly show that you're watching like, there's nothing wrong with being with, it's not hoodwinking, it's them doing a good TV show <laughs> convincing you that all of these different worlds and possibilities that that was the job of Game of Thrones in those earlier seasons they show Rob Stark, it's not a bad TV show because they showed Rob Stark doing his planning and now we suddenly can't make any more plans because of spoiler reasons <laughs> like oh, uh, yeah anyway, with that I say Thank you for listening, liking, engaging in any form, any manner. Always appreciate it and never taking it for granted. I'll be back next week when we will know what on earth has happened <laughs> with all this stuff. And with that, I bid you adieu. Adios. <laughs>